Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I was so wrapped up in the corporate world that my selling point was, I'm, I've got a good job in a good bank. And then at that time, because when I was 25, I think I had seven income streams. So they were my two pitching points and that was Aisha. Yeah, I got, into, I got in trouble at my school in year nine. Mm-hmm. In bad trouble because I locked a teacher in a cupboard. The estate that we mm. were on. I was very young then, but I I vaguely remember there was always blood on the on the stairs. Really? Always. Okay, that's blood a or bit pee. mad. There was always something, and I think there was one time they cleaned it, and I was thinking, oh right, like, and I went to go tell my mum, and she was like, no, we're moving. The only reason I left is because they were going through like xenophobia, and I remember seeing like this man on fire outside the office because he was Nigerian. I got the ice cream. I could see my hotel. I got stopped by police. I had to go sit in a cell. This is where my seven incomes came from. I, I was hand modeling in Abu Dhabi. The higher up I got, the more I experienced levels of racism. That's not even the worst part. I said, like, like what? Um, he said, oh, don't worry. He sat down. This is like a, I think he was like 70 year old white man at the time. Sat down about five minutes into the conversation. He was like, sorry, where are you from? Like originally I said, Nigeria. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry you're from there. Welcome to the Takeoff Experience, where I sit down with highly driven people to talk about their journey, their failures, and their successes. If you want to take off in your career, your business, your finances, or your mindset, then this podcast is for you. Welcome back to the Takeoff Experience. We've got a special, special guest in the building. Aisha, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited yeah. to be here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm excited to have you here. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a great conversation. I'm pretty sure. So we both went to um, UK Black Business Show, right? That's mm-hmm. what it's called, right? Yeah. Black Business Week. Right? Yeah, Business Week. Week. That's it. Yeah, that's it. How did you find it? Do you know what? Like, I've been. I went the year before. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you went last year. Yeah. Okay. So I already knew like the structure and layout. So I wasn't surprised by that, but. Outside of that, like I was saying earlier, that it's made me realize that I need to change some of my friends <laughs> because I just feel like if I explain to someone, okay, if I have a party, for example, or a wedding or something, I have so many people that I can call on. But things like Black Business Week, there was a Wealth Talks event like the week before. Mm-hmm. When I when I think about those events, I don't have anybody that will come with me. Really, okay. there's maybe one or two, and they just weren't free. And I just thought if I need to, if I want to elevate in this world. I need to be around the right people. That's not saying that I don't love my friends. I love my friends, but I need to expand my surroundings a bit. I don't have that knit of like the of wealth. people. Yeah, okay. I don't have it. Like, and I'm trying to work on it. So that's why I'm trying to put myself in the right room. Yeah, it was very um, it was inspir- inspirational because I there's a lot of f- people that I follow that I met and mm. got to speak to. Yeah, but I just feel like next year because I'm gonna go next year. I'm going to be going there to pitch. Okay. This, this time it was more of a like, let me see the vibe. Let me understand who's going mm. to be there. Let me network. No, ne- next year I'm pitching. You're pitching. Okay. Mm-hmm. What, what, are you, what are you planning to pitch? What is this? Well, um, so I want to move. To, I want to move to Nigeria. I, I semi have moved. If you ask my friends, I've already moved, but I haven't. Um, so 
the hustle table is like a it's a financial coaching there's a lot of things that come under that there's a lot of things i do on the hustle table at the moment one of them is venture partnering so i basically connect small businesses in in africa it's not just nigeria to venture capitalists in the uk oh that's interesting specifically because (laughs) there's so much money laundering in nigeria yeah that a lot of small businesses don't even know where to go or they lose a lot of money or there's just a lot of fraud they just don't trust it whereas me that's coming there with a british accent (laughs) they trust you they trust me (laughs) so that's something i do on the hustle table then i'm trying to um launch like i'm trying to educate nigerians on how to manage their money because i I feel like the wealthy nigerians the one percent of the one percent a lot of them don't know how to manage their money anyway but they have access to the money they need to pay a financial advisor for example the average nine-to-fiver doesn't have that money in nigeria so what i want to do is i'm I'm setting up a project where like they money's kind of taken from their salaries i'm approaching their companies as opposed to them and then they have access to me or a financial coach or a financial advisor wow. as opposed to like having to spend ridiculous amounts because this is the most basic thing but in Nigeria there's a savings account obviously you know there's a savings account and a yeah. current account in the UK generally we know what the difference is in yeah. Nigeria they don't and the reason being they don't know what a savings account they is. wouldn't they don't know how to use it correctly because right, okay. in Nigeria if you need to open a savings account you, you can just open one. You don't yeah. need anybody else. If you need to open a current account, you need two people that already have current accounts from different banks to sign a form <laughs> and put the... What? Like, it's long. It's long. And, like, Nigerians just don't have that patience. So most people just live off their savings account. That the problem strange. with that is they're never going to get interest because they yeah. use their savings account yeah. as... As a, as as a, a normal a, bank account. Yeah, yeah, when you pay, they ask you at the till, savings or current. Most people say savings. So you're oh, not actually wow. utilizing okay. the savings aspect. Yeah. The only reason I even have two current, account, current accounts is because one, I worked in a bank there. Yeah. So they gave me one. And two, because I have uncles that are CEOs of banks. Okay. If it wasn't for that, would I wouldn't have one because it's That long. is wild. I haven't set up my bank account in Nigeria either yet. <laughs> but like, that's a very interesting process that you have to know two other people to... It's long. That is crazy. That sounds brilliant though. And you should have been there for Friday to pitch because that was a finance day. And that's when I people know, were pitching. Man. But next year, now you know next year when ready. the investors are there, because all the people that were on a on the panel are investors mm. of, of 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 some sort. Um so yeah, they they'll be good to to get in touch with. Um especially if you're looking to pitch in. It's a good idea. I've never heard anybody do it. Um cool. Did you have like a favorite talk? Um on the day on Saturday, there were two. Yeah. Um, one was Iman. Okay, I didn't see his. I wasn't there. I for mean, it, yeah. you see Iman. Yeah, he's going places. But um, do you know what? Like, he makes essentially boring topics entertaining, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's how you gather. And it's sad to say, it, that's how you gather black people, <laughs> because yeah. because they're all they care about is like the latest car or the they want quick schemes. So. And that's why we're one of the lowest um, ethnicities to have generational wealth. Mm-hmm. So amazing talk. His talk's always amazing. Um, and then the other one was, actually, no, there was three. Mm. Bianca Cole Miller's Yeah, they were talk. good. Yeah, I got to see that. That, that was, was good. good. Yeah. Because there were a lot of things that, I don't want to say they're common sense, but they're things that you don't think about that no. they put on paper. Yeah. Um, so as in, I'm definitely, consider- when I'm ready, I'm going to sign up to their um, course. 
Um, and then the next one was, and I can't remember his name. Um, oh, he spoke after them. I know who did. Yeah, I missed his one. I had to go networking. I missed his yeah. one. It sounded good though. No, he was good. Like literally he broke things down in the most, like li- something as basic as social media. He told everybody there and then, take out your friends and follow me. Do you know how many people in that audience would <laughs> never do that? They would That's never true. just outrightly say, you're sitting here saying you want more customers. And you, how are you going to do that if you don't ask because you're doing up shy and, oh, I don't want to, and I don't, yeah, what? true. And he just made, not that he made us, made me feel dumb, but he made the insecurities I have feel pointless. Yeah. Because he just said it. He even, even something as basic as he came in ripped jeans and a, t- and a hoodie. He said, I could have come in a suit. But doesn't that all that proves is that I could afford a suit? I can't afford a suit. I just I'm not comfortable in a suit, so I'm gonna come in where I want to come in, and I Love really that. really respected that. Yeah, I, I I respect that. I respect that somebody doesn't want to conform, but they can still convey their their message. I think we need to get away from oh look at that that person looks they don't know nothing they can't teach me nothing. Mm-mm. I don't really subscribe to that to be honest. Um, wow, that, that sounds like a good day. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad to have missed um, some of it, but it sounds like you had a good time. Yeah, and next year you're gonna be pitching, so yeah. we're gonna hold you to that because yeah. we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to interview you after, after that. <laughs> um, okay, so who, who is Aisha? What would you describe <laughs> yourself as? Do you know what's weird? Yeah, if you asked me this last year, I would have been like, yeah, I'm a business director. It's a bit hard to pinpoint who you are. Yeah, because I was so wrapped up in the corporate world and don't get twisted, I'm not faulting the corporate world at all, but I was so wrapped up in the corporate world that my selling point was I'm, I've got a good job in a good bank. And then at that time, because when I was 25, I think I had seven income streams. So they were my two pitching points and that was Aisha. (laughs) Whereas like now it's a bit different because one of those seven income streams, COVID maybe killed four. So, oh, okay. So. We're gonna we're gonna talk about all of this today. <laughs> COVID killed four. Okay. Um, and then obviously I spent more time in Nigeria. So I've worked in banking is my industry initially. So I studied banking. Um, I've worked in Abu Dhabi. I've worked in Saudi. I've worked in Nigeria, South Africa, and the UK. Wow. All in the banking industry. Wow. But various aspects of banking. Um, and then I resigned in May. Okay. For racial reasons for just because I had I was had enough there were a bunch of reasons why I left but I left and now I'm kind of so I work for a fintech part-time just to kind of gain additional pound income not naira because that currency is atrocious um and then I have property in the UK and in Nigeria but mm-hmm. the layout is different because the economies are different yeah um obviously I'm trying to push this business um I'm currently studying to get my final CFA exam so I can give financial advice legally. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to push the hustle table. That's wow, you're me. doing them so much. <laughs> and I lot. still feel like I'm doing less than I was when I was a Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to definitely get there, but let's, we've got a structure to this, right? <laughs> so, okay. So parents, I mean, I think I'm, I'm, I'm sure that people can guess where they're from, but if they, if they haven't guessed where they're from, where, where are your parents from? Nigeria. Okay. Were you uh, born there in Nigeria? Or no, here? I was born and raised here. I was in America for a little bit Okay. Um, because of my dad's job. But the first time I really went to Nigeria and knew what I was doing was when I went to go work there. 
Oh, really? And that wasn't my choice. I went and to what, work. What in age South were you when you? Twenty-one. Okay, so you hadn't been no, to Nigeria 20. since I ever. When I was one. Okay. Really yeah, 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 that, yeah. You <laughs> yeah, you gotta remember that, right? That's crazy. <laughs> what part of London were you? Uh, like, did you? Were you mostly raised in? Brixton. Okay. <sighs> Brixton, but I was very, very, very badly behaved. So we moved <laughs> to Dulwich. So they did they move because because of your bad behavior? Yeah. Oh my god. Like, what what point in in this like what school? So uh, I think secondary school. I when did I get? Yeah, secondary school. Secondary, secondary school, school is okay. when we moved. We moved to okay. Kent. What maybe like year ten? Okay. Something because mm. I remember. Yeah, I got into I got in trouble at my school in year nine. Mm-hmm. In bad trouble because I locked a teacher in a cupboard. What? And then my parents were like, no, "We're not doing this." So we moved to Kent, and literally we were the only black people on the road. Oh. The, I- <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! I would have never imagined that you would yeah. do something like okay. I've changed. Le, le, okay. <laughs> do you think it's the area that? May, and I'm not trying. This is not no conspiracy. If anybody's thinking that, is it? Do you think it's because of the area that, or is that just because you're young and you just wanted to be a rebel at the time it's that you? A combination of a couple of things. Yeah. One is definitely the area because I remember yeah. like Brixton. Um, the estate that we mm. were on. I was very young then, so, but I I vaguely remember there was always blood on the on the stairs. Really, always. Okay, that's blood a or bit pee. mad. There was always something, and I think there was one time they cleaned it, and I was thinking, oh, right. like, and I went to go tell my mum, and she was like, no, we're moving because the fact that yeah. that is something that you think is not normal mm. is a problem. Then we moved to Dulwich. Um, I think my parents had a business then, and the business was doing really well, so we kind of also ran into money. Um, so my life kind of changed. I then went to okay. private school okay. from state school. Um, but then again, the kind of caliber of friends that I was hanging around with, if I look back, half of them are in jail. Really? At the they, time? Yeah. Okay. Now. Okay. Um, there's a few that aren't, but it's very rare. And then when my behavior got out of hand, we moved to Kent. That's wow. And it's, it's so crazy because like, I mean, clearly it worked and clearly it was the (laughs) right right decision to you know i think sometimes it's a bit of a gamble sometimes things can work out Mm -hmm. for your children in a certain area Mm -hmm. sometimes it may not and you've got to move 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 them out you know i knew i knew a few people in school one got into a serious serious fight (laughs) one was like nah man moved moved them to ireland Sometimes you, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you got to do it to to protect your child's life. Sometimes you have to do it. I mean, you have to just preempt this stuff, you know. So, okay, wow. So that's that's so interesting. So okay, so you moved to Kent. School wise, how were you though? Were you were you good? (laughs) Were you like in terms of grades and yeah? So this was my thing. The one thing I always had is I was very academic, and I used to use that. So when I'd get like expelled or suspended, I'd be like, "Well, I'm the one that's bringing you A's, so you're not going to kick me out of the school." And I knew that I was academic, like I, and I, I was someone that maybe because I'm the only girl in my yeah. house. Um, I remember my A levels. I I did five A levels, which is I don't know, looking back, I don't know why I did that. Five five A levels. Wow. And I got A star A A A B. That B pained me. <laughs> I was so upset about that B. Bear in mind, I only did A A B to get yeah. into my uni, and bear in mind, I already had A star, three A's, and a B. But that B. So I was always very competitive. And I think because I played basketball since yeah. I was like eight, I've always been quite a competitive person. So I was always good academically. I just, it was my area. Plus, to be fair, my 
mum's um, sister who was very, very young in comparison to her. She was closer to my age. She was the only female person that I was close to and she died. Okay. When right. that happened, okay. Pff, okay. I, I fell off. Okay. Completely fell off. Okay. So that, that okay. also added. The dealing with trauma at, yeah. a, at a young age. And you know what's crazy? I think at that point as well, we did obviously they have social media really like what we had. Mm. I don't even know if Google, Google was probably around, but it wasn't used as, as it was now. And, that was and um, the in- wealth of information in the black community at that time hmm. probably wasn't good in relation to dealing with, you know what it's like, that's right? Pray, we got to pray about pray. it. And that's, that's it. it, kind of just <laughs> brush it under the carpet. Which is a bit sad, actually, when you think about it. Um, wow. Wow, that's crazy. So you're obviously super smart, <laughs> going crazy at grade. And then, like, university, what, what was it that you decided to study at so university? So I... Got into Warwick to study maths. Okay. Maths, um, wow. And I love maths. I actually love maths. I did maths and further maths at A-level. Like, I, I wow. love it. Um, And then I was playing basketball. Um, okay. And I was I played for Kent at one point. So I then got a scholarship at Loughborough. And obviously wow. to study banking. Now, in my parents' head, Warwick is number three on the list. Like, you're going, my daughter's going to Warwick. But then... As soon as I mentioned scholarship, <laughs> they were a bit like, oh, you know, Loughborough's ninth. You know, we can <laughs> we confirm that. So I ended up going to Loughborough studying banking. So wow. first year, I went into Loughborough very, very cocky. So I went there thinking, yeah, like I was the best player. I didn't even get into the team until second year. Like it was, ugh, it was a bit of a mess. But, um, and then after kind of second year, I didn't really have a life at uni. First year I took the mic. Like I was, I went to 16 unis in my first year. As in visiting people. Really? Just wow. because from second year, I yeah. didn't have a life. I would literally wake up 5 a.m., eat certain things. I was I had a nutritionist, um, eat certain things, go to training. And because I was studying a triple honors degree, because banking, finance, and management with sport, my uni was literally nine to five. Wow. And then I'd have training. So I used to train eight times a week. Wow. Sometimes twice a day, obviously. That's crazy. Um, So I didn't really have much of a life. Like I don't, I have maybe five uni friends if that all the friends i have are from everyone else's uni that i made in first year wow but mine like literally the other day at the event Mm. um someone introduced me to someone and they were like oh yeah you um you went you went Coventry, right what did you study i said no i was just there a lot i went to (laughs) loughborough university i did not get to cov (laughs) you're literally showing up at other people's unis and disappearing that's crazy and what, so what was the aim? What were you trying to achieve? Because it sounded like you were doing basketball. Were you trying to become become a basketball player? My goal like was to play basketball first and okay. then go into banking. Okay, so but become in, a professional basketball yeah, player. Okay. But then in second year, it's my fault. So in second year, I fractured my leg and I knew mm. it was fractured. But in my head, I was trying to, because I really wanted to play a specific game. Yeah. So I, f- I tried to cover it. And then long story short, I then broke the leg. Like I've got stitch marks at the back of my leg wow. bone went through my skin and wow. but part of the contract is if you're on a con if you're on a scholarship you have to um you still have to come to training because you still got to see plays and drills and whatever and mentally i don't think i was in a place to do that so the only way i could get out of that is if i went to study abroad it we went to work wow. abroad and i had a placement year so that's why i ended up traveling so i went to go work in south africa first um did that the only reason I left is because they were going through like xenophobia and I remember seeing like this man on fire outside the office because he was Nigerian and I have a very obvious Nigerian surname even though my first name isn't and I don't look Nigerian. So you're basically fleeing yeah, because you thought that they might 
It's not I didn't I didn't have a choice. They asked yeah. me, do you want to go back to the UK or do you want to go to Nigeria? Okay. But the bank I was working for at the time doesn't have a big presence yeah. in the UK. Okay. So the only choice I had was to go to Nigeria. Yeah. So I went to Nigeria. Okay. And this was at 21? I think maybe I was 20. 20. And were you still at uni at this point? Studying? Yes, this is my third year. Okay. So this is a placement year. year yeah. in, wow. You did a placement in Africa. That is dope. Uh, I mean, I hated it at the time. I can't lie to you. Why? I hate. Why did you? I like South Africa. Yeah. I didn't like Nigeria. Why? Because South Africa. Imagine like. Do you think? So, for example, technology, yeah. like basic things. Like if I'm, you know, here we have credit reports. Nigeria mm-hmm. doesn't really have that. <laughs> so if someone says this is the business, they will show you business plan, and then you actually go to the venue. There's nothing there. Whereas like South Africa, they actually have a bit more infrastructure in place. Okay. Nigeria didn't. So it was, I felt like I was working backwards. Even the computers I was using yeah. were the computers I used in like primary school. That's wild. Everything is paper-based. Yeah. So I felt like I had to kind of juggle that. And then also just dealing with Nigerians in Nigeria is not yeah. like what I'm used to. Yeah. So, and then again, I wasn't with any, I was with family obviously, but not like. It, it was just, it was a new, it was a new experience to me, for me. Funnily enough, by the end of it, I didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. But initially that culture change, it threw me off. Yeah. And then obviously I then got a job in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. But. Whilst you had finished uni. So I was, no, this was in my, during my placement. Okay. I had, I got a job offer in Abu Dhabi. Okay. What, what was to, it all of these just working in the bank? It's the same bank. Okay, cool. Same bank. Um, okay. But I couldn't do that obviously because I had to finish my degree. So yeah. we came to an agreement that I could go finish my degree. And then go work. Because I literally had a job straight after uni. So I didn't have to do any wow. additional work. That is so smart. Oh, if I you're mean... in uni, listeners. I think, yeah, uh, yeah. I think somebody came up to me actually. They're still in uni. Mm-hmm. Follow what Aisha did. <laughs> <laughs> Follow what Aisha did. That is the best way to secure no, a job years. after uni. That is sick. Placement years are, honestly, it changed my life. Because all my, all my international experiences from that. Wow. Even the job I got after. Although I yeah. had to leave because I got arrested. That's another story. <laughs> but... Um, the bad girl, bad girl, Aisha <laughs> still existed. This wasn't my fault. That one wasn't my fault. Oh, my God. okay. Wasn't. So, okay, so okay, okay. So, we finish uni, finish your mass degree, right? No, 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 uh, banking degree. Banking degree. The basketball that ended because of that. That so, really because of that. Well, when I came back to last yeah. class, obviously in final year. Mm-hmm. Firstly, when I was in Nigeria, I put on so much weight. I'm going to show you. A it's because of the me. food, eh? to be honest. No, like, is... as in my brother said, I can't come back. I look like a double-decker bus. And I was wearing red in the picture. I was very big. Too much pounded yam. Home, but I don't even know what I was eating. I can't tell you. Like... <laughs> the thing is, is because people will literally bring food to you. Yes. Yeah, and, the, and the thing that's is, a problem. Yeah, my uncle, I remember one uncle saying to me, oh, like, we're going to have a healthy meal. This plate was 99% rice. One or f- two, two or three peas, oil. It wasn't even stew. It was oil and just unhealthy. Like it was literally. And that's all you're eating that. all the time. And then yeah. I was trying out things because again, I haven't been to Nigeria yeah. long. So I'm having suya pizza and I'm having what? <laughs> KFC. I don't even like KFC in the UK, but I was eating KFC in Nigeria because it came with jollof rice. Yeah, <laughs> and you would try it. Oh that's no, mad. I, I was just getting oh, fat for no reason. So, um, but eventually I had to lose the weight because I wasn't allowed to play like that. But when I came back, it got to a point where because my because it was under my knee, it just yeah. kept dislocating. So I've dislocated my knee twelve or so times. That's a lot. It got to a point where I started like there was a time that I was driving and it dislocated. That's how loose it was. And I'd held it together until the ambulance came. Like it just became unhealthy. And it got yeah. to a point where my coach said, look, for you to play to the level that I know you want to play, 
you're gonna have to get plates put in your knee. And I remember thinking, I'm 21, like, yeah, I don't really want to have unnecessary surgery that I don't need to have. And my mum was already like, no. So it kind of just stopped. Just, just, and I just like that's it. Threw away half my jerseys, couple of my shorts, cried a yeah. little bit, and then went into banking. Oh my gosh, that's sorry to hear about that. I mean. I think that, you know, sometimes I think it's hard to make a, a decision, decision like that, but at the end of the day, it's for your health, right? Yeah, it was. because Your health evening, is more important. It didn't make sense. No, your health is way more important. So you, okay, so you got the job in Abu Dhabi. How, how long, how many years were you there? <laughs> I was meant to be there for a few years. I was only there for like a year in total. Okay. Because a lot of my clients at the time were um, from Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia. And the thing is, my mom's Muslim. So I went there thinking, yeah, like I understand culture. and you know. No, because I got there. And at that time, bear in mind, females weren't allowed to drive in Saudi. Yeah. So there's a real disparity between men and women. And the women in the finance industry is not normal. So clients wouldn't speak to me because I was female. I had to have a male secretary at the age of 21 speak on my behalf because they wouldn't speak to me. So if he goes on holiday, everything is on pause because they won't speak to me directly. And then they'll complain that the process takes long and blah, blah, blah. When in actual fact, if he spoke to me directly, we wouldn't be having this issue. And then on top of that, I'm a black female. It's not even like I'm just, I'm a black female. So I'm going to stand out like a sore thumb. And there was a time that like, um, past a certain time, I can't remember what the time frame was. I think maybe it was seven o'clock. Women usually didn't just walk around the street without like a male chaperone. And I remember it was, and Sadie's hot. Sadie is hot. And I remember I just, I wanted ice cream. It was Baskin Robbins. Baskin Robbins was about a hundred meters from where I was staying. And I went, and again, I also, I was drawing attention to, I didn't cover my hair. Like it was my fault to an extent because I drew attention to myself. I got the ice cream. I could see my hotel. I got stopped by police. I had to go sit in a cell. I just cried because I remember thinking, wow. oh, you know, like banged up abroad. What are they going to, they didn't do anything. Like my employer bailed me out. But I then went back, I went straight back home. As in, I didn't, you know, obviously I was working hmm. in Abu Dhabi, so I should have gone back to Abu Dhabi. I went straight to London. I remember. Did you make that decision? Yeah. Okay. I remember that I am actually a British citizen. Yeah. I don't need to be suffering like this. Yeah. I left. And again, I'm from a household where I'm the only girl. My mom, sorry, my mom yeah. is there, but she's a tomboy. So I'm the girliest in the house i only have brothers and my dad so i'm a little bit spoiled in the sense of like you know if i got like period pains one brother will help me the other one will run and do this so i didn't i didn't understand that yeah um so i left and wow i only went back maybe like a couple months later to collect myself and that was it and that's how i started my uk career wow that's insane <laughs> you know what yeah yeah i have heard about saudi um and is it still that strict? It's it's a, not as it's obviously not as strict I, I as it been was back, back then. No, I have. I went back with my family. Yeah, but that was, I guess, for religious purposes. But I, it's not because, for example, women are allowed to drive now. Yeah. Okay. But even okay, that. Yeah. It's that's wild to say that in 2022, women are allowed to drive now. And even that, it's only specific. It's not any Tom, Dick, and Harry. That yeah. It's somebody you need to be of somebody's like son, important. somebody's daughter, okay. even. Um. But now women can drive. In terms of the time thing, I don't know if that still exists. Yeah. To be honest. I've I've literally like detached myself from Saudi. Yeah. To be honest. Um, so I'm not sure. But it was is last time I went, it was a bit more lenient, but it was still bad yeah. for me. Like I still know I can't live there. Okay. Yeah. That's it sounds it sounds quite restrictive. 
Um, and again, no offense to the people that are living out there. That's everybody has their choice. While some people don't have no choice, they got to live there. Mm-hmm. But um, so so for Abu Dhabi, they your clients were in Saudi. Yes, right? Abu Dhabi so, was fine. I didn't okay. have an issue with Abu Dhabi. Why didn't you just give you an Abu Dhabi client? Didn't I, I don't understand why it. they didn't. But I have the money. Are the Arabs? Yeah, true. Then, so, and I was working in. Was well, nobody living in Abu Dhabi though? I heard. I thought some, Abu there were some, but the majority, yeah. like the wealthier clients, tend and maybe it's just my portfolio. I don't know. Yeah, tended to be living yeah. in Saudi or were just in Saudi a lot, or just expected me to come to. Saudi. There were various reasons why I used okay. to go there a lot. Yeah, but um, and again, like a lot of my clients were in like oil. Okay. Um, they just happened to be in Saudi. There was. Yeah. I think it was just me. I don't know if it was like a genuine thing. And the thing is, Abu Dhabi is quite quiet. Yeah. It's not Dubai. Abu Dhabi is not Dubai. Yeah. It is really like the village. It's like the, the greater <laughs> London the of London. Like it's yeah. not the same. It's not as vibrant. People are quite quiet. They don't really speak to people on the street. Um, and it's not as glamorous. So I didn't mind traveling because in, that, in all honesty, if I'm basing it on where I'd rather be in terms of, forget people, I'd rather be in Saudi. Abu Dhabi yeah. was boring. Yeah. Saudi was quite interesting. Okay. And culturally, like I was learning a lot. It was just maybe my circumstances and specific people that I was dealing with. Yeah. The place, beautiful. Like I definitely could live there if it wasn't for the people. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. The place is great. Yeah. What were you doing for your clients? Like what was a job so, so you said banking, but what specifically were you doing? Um it was like wealth management. Okay. Um, so managing these people's wealth. Yeah. Wow. But again I wasn't I had a middleman because they wouldn't Oh <laughs> yeah I have to have a middle so, so wait, were you not allowed to see their numbers? What? I could see their numbers, but I don't pick up. Oh, okay, but okay, but you don't do anything. So what were you doing? Were you having to like help them budget, help them invest in stuff? Um, it was so it's weird because my role actually changed. Initially it was because the bank in question was trying to expand their presence in the UAE. So they okay. were looking for kind of fresh talent to go and help that were tech savvy and stuff. And I remember like my first task was to <laughs> they wanted to bring this thing where you can WhatsApp your like your questions okay. about your bank, for example. So instead of like doing the online chat that we have now, yeah. you could do it through WhatsApp. Got to Saudi only to realize that WhatsApp doesn't work in Saudi Arabia. So that whole plan went to the bin. Wow. So although that was the reason I went, it wasn't the reason I stayed there. So my role actually changed and I started working with like the wealth managers there. Okay. Business owners. But that wasn't the, that's not why I went there. Okay. It just changed. It just changed. It, it happened to be. Okay. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You had a lot of life experience. <laughs> okay. So then you, so you went back to the UK and then you said you got into banking in the UK. You continued. Yeah. So I got into the, I came to the UK and obviously oh, I got to the UK and cause I'd been out of the country for a while. Someone had run fraud in my accounts. So I had like 60 CJs. Someone, were you, someone uh, ran as in they really? opened seven. Really? Every seven phone contracts with phones for you. And bear in mind, by the time I got back to the UK, phones for you didn't exist anymore. Oh yeah, I forgot about phones exactly. for you. Oh my God. So they opened what? like seven different phone contracts under my name. That's and obviously wild. the money was, and again, I wasn't checking my UK anything yeah. while I was there. So I didn't realize money was coming out of my account. My letters, no one opens my, I mean, they open my letters now, but back then no one was opening my letters. So I didn't, I didn't know. So I had, I came back to four CCJs. So I couldn't actually work in a bank. Until I sorted that out. Wow. So that's crazy. What I decided to do was I started studying for my CFA, my investment exams. Um, this is where my seven incomes came from. I, I was hand modeling in Abu Dhabi. So I continued. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god, I was not expecting that. Yeah, that's the right hand part. modeling in Abu Dhabi. Oh my god, is that a big thing there? Uh, Can I do that? Can I? Could I? Have so, do you know what's funny? It was literally one of my clients that was like, Oh, you got really nice hands. And I was like, Okay, what? I ignored it. Someone else said it, and I was like, This is weird. The third person said it, and I was like, You know what? And then She's like, oh, can I just take some pictures of your hands? And I literally <laughs> started, I thought it was weird at first, but I thought, oh, you know what? I started doing shoots for like, like engagement rings, hand creams. Oh my and then I realized God. that a lot of celebrities have had like sports people that have, there's, there's a couple of tennis players yeah. that have calluses on their hands. So if okay. you see any advert that's close enough of them holding, oh, holding like something, um, they have a hand model. Okay. A designated hand model that gets like 150K a year. 150 yeah there were times i don't know if i should be saying i have less of the company there were times i would take the day off work because they were offering me like 3k for one day to come and do a shoot and i know i'm gonna what get that my hustle. job so but it was ad hoc so i could literally have like four jobs a year it wasn't like okay consistent. it's not like consistent no so how did how did this agent what well, is this just agent randomly found you say oh I like your hands and it was the agent was a client of mine okay so, and then they yeah so okay. I couldn't really do much work with them until I left okay okay of course yeah conflicts of interest yeah um so aside that I was That's coaching wild. basketball I was tutoring maths um I bought a house because I thought I was a big girl yeah um. So okay, so was, hand model tutoring maths one two bought a house three but you were renting out the house. No. So no, I bought it bought thinking it. I was a big girl and I wanted to move out. And I spent like three days there and realized I was lonely and Ooh. decided to ask my dad for help. To okay. Convert it into okay. Nuts because I just, it, money didn't make sense. Yeah. And I went from being extremely lonely in Saudi yeah. to being lonely. It didn't make sense. When okay. th- the way my house is set up, when you walk upstairs, I've got a code on my door yeah. that no one can access. My dad knows the code, but no yeah. one else can access. Yeah. So for me, it's like, why don't I just make money from this property as opposed to just yeah, just live there? there. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Um, so I coach. I was coaching basketball, so I got like okay. some coaching qualifications while I was at Loughborough. So I was doing that on the side. I was tutoring maths, that's my favorite subject. And my dad was a head teacher at the time, so I had access to yeah. resources. What else was I doing? I think that was it. How did you have the time to do all of this? But I wasn't working. Oh, okay. So you wasn't working at no. this time. So, at so this you point, picking up all these. Yeah, I was. So. I couldn't get into a bank because of my CPJ. Yeah. So okay. it took me like four months, four to six months. Okay. To correct yeah. that CCJ issue. Okay. Before I could even work in a bank. Wow. It's good though that you picked up that you decided to, like, not rest on your laurels and you started getting income from other places. Mm. Defo, defo hustler. Where Where do you think that that hustle spirit comes from? Parents, I you think? I want to say my dad. Yeah, your dad? Because um, okay. my dad, my mom's a British, like she was born here. Yeah. Um. So she she went to uni in Nigeria and met my dad there. Okay. So when she came, she got a job like that. My dad, my dad was doing the stereotypical, he was doing washing plates. He was a cab driver. He was doing security, all the jobs that stereotypically Mad. Africans were doing. And I remember like, not that I remember, my dad always tells me that when I was, born he always said to me that by the time i'm 10 years old he'll be doing something that i'll be proud of and by the time i was 10 he had his own business property okay. business and it was doing well and me and my dad are like this yeah. like i'm the biggest daddy's girl ever, <laughs> ever so i think seeing that although there's parts i was quite young seeing that is a motivator for me because i don't ever and again there were times that like it was hard for my dad and yeah. my mom would step up and seeing that 
bond with my parents is a big motivator for me because yeah. like the older I got, the more I realized that that relationship that my parents have isn't normal. Like a lot of my friends' parents aren't together. Yeah. And the more yeah. my friends came to my house and was like, this is so weird. Like my parents eat off the same plate. They use the same toothbrush. <laughs> Like, okay. I mean, whoa. I've I'd, next I'd, level love. I love honestly, it. Honestly, like my parents, I could come home and they could be in the bathtub playing Marvin Gaye. Like, I thought that was normal growing yeah. up, and I'm grateful for it. But obviously, the more friends I had, the more I realized that it's not. So, I seeing that support system of my parents, I just felt like I need to make sure that I'm in a position to be able to support anybody. Yeah. If it like when that happens. So I think the motivation came from my parents, even okay. though they probably don't know that, but mad. they definitely did. Mad, 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 mad. I love to hear stories like that. And it's good that you can, you're, you're able to identify where, where it came from. And I think when you have a strong family unit, yeah, it goes down to the kids for sure. For sure. The other thing was being the only girl. Because <laughs> my helps. brothers, it's, it's always a competition. Like I don't understand. <laughs> What are we fighting? A competition for? in your house. It's yeah. always a competition for is who gets to the door. I remember my brother literally, he's got stitch marks on his head from when we used to race as to who gets to the car first. And one day he slammed his head. It's just, it's Mad. always been, and again, like all of us played a sport. My mum did yeah. athletics. One brother played rugby, one did football. I did basketball. It was only my dad. Yeah. My dad didn't do any sport, but the rest of us did. So we, we've always been quite competitive. Like we okay. had a gym in our house from very early just because we all did. A, a competitive wow. sport to a relatively high level so there's that as well it's even if i'm competing against my, yeah. myself there's a competition i need okay. to do better than i did last this time this is crazy wow <laughs> and this is what this is what makes sure that you you r- go to the top and you still work towards the top mm-hmm. i think is i think is good and um so okay so you you're doing um you know the seven streams of income then you said that you'd lost some of them because of covid of course because traveling couldn't mm-hmm. happen and anything like that so my side hustles so when i got back to the uk yeah. i was doing my side hustles for about six months yeah and then i got a job funny enough i was working at like a school temporarily i got all these really part-time jobs that weren't in finance and then maybe about eight months later i then got my job Okay. But I was still studying. So Okay, wow. Um in my head I was like I'm just going to get this job, study for my exams and then maneuver my way into the bank, into the investment world. Cuz at this point I was in business banking, I wasn't in investment. Maneuver my way in and go to investment. And then like the further I got into it, the more I realized that I'm actually enjoying what I was doing. I don't actually like investment. CFA was the worst exam I ever did in my life. That's why it's taken me so long to do the final level because it's hard. Yeah. Um so, and I was still doing tutoring. I was still coaching. I, there was a point that I had 36 children a week that I was tutoring. Did you sleep in any of Yeah, no, point? see, back then I didn't really. I'd, oh, I, used to, I used to work off like eight hours sleep a week. That was Eight me. hours sleep a week. Yeah. I, I, I that's less like, than an hour. Yeah. No, that's, almost, that's just an, over an hour a day. There were days that I would like be up marking papers. And then I'd go Were you actually bed. tired or could you just function? I got right? used to it. You got used to yeah, not sleeping. I got used to it. So it got to one, wow. it may be like once every two months, I'd just conk out for a whole day. But so like my exam, I remember when I yeah. completed my CFA, that day of that exam, I slept. But that's the only time I remember sleeping like that. Wow. Like my mom used to say, I treat the house like a hotel because I literally come in, 
I'd come in ridiculously late because I'd be tutoring or I'd be doing whatever or whatever. Wow. Come in, sleep for a couple of hours and then leave. Why are you doing all of this though? Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I need to ask this a question. A lot of my friends used to ask me this at the time. Yeah. Because there was a point where like all my incomes, my side hustles were making yeah. more than my nine to five. And I remember my brother asking me, why do you even still do a nine to five? Yeah. Like, or why do you just choose one why do- <laughs> of them? Yeah. You just like the money too much. The thing is, but at that point, I wasn't even doing anything with the money. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Just, I mean, just I was investing in, in stocks and stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't like, I didn't buy anything. I didn't buy any other properties. Like, I, there was nothing yeah. that I was really doing. I think it was just more the security. Okay. I didn't ever want to be, like, I didn't have life insurance. I still don't have life insurance because I feel like I patterned myself so well when I was younger. Yeah. Life insurance is not something I will use until I have children. Okay. And I'm glad. I still think you should get life insurance. I know. And I've had this talk, but I also have like, I have an account literally sitting there in case anything happens to me. Okay. Like there's an account there of money. Really? Sitting there. Okay. In case anything happens. And the only people that have access to that are one of my brothers. Okay. Okay. So you've got a secret account with a stash of money in it. This is interesting. And I don't have access to that account unless I feel like the bank can show my. So I feel like life, I feel like life insurance is great. If you don't know how to manage your money, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like those things are kind of. Hey, I've got I, life insurance. I mean, I don't have to manage like, my money, but I, don't, I, don't have, I get you what you're saying. I don't actually have any responsibilities. Yeah, that's true. I don't have any. Yeah, really. Yeah, I don't yeah. have any kids. I don't have a partner. I don't, like, there's nothing. Well, not yeah. really. So there's nothing like really stopping me. And yeah, and all my bank. I made sure that all of my bank accounts, my guarantors are my brothers because they're younger than me. So if anything does happen, they are the ones that will get the money into the account. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow. So you've you've got this all planned out. You said from young. That is insane. Wow. 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 Okay. So you so you think because of security, which is why you were doing all these jobs at the time. I think so. Because like looking back, I I don't know. I just I didn't like to stay in one place. I feel like just a busybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's. The I think I'm is. the same. I'm not gonna lie. I think mm-hmm. I'm a workaholic. I think yeah, I'm a real. Busy. Like I hate being bored, and yeah. I feel like during COVID. When I went into that place of being bored, I got very low. Okay. And it wasn't until I kind of came out of it. And it's my mom that said it. My mom said, it's because you're not doing anything. Yeah. Or you're not doing as much as you normally yeah. do. That's your personality type, right? And then I'm so, also yeah. social as well. Yeah. So I have, yeah. I always had one birthday, one something, something on yeah. top of okay. the other stuff that I was doing. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's... It's crazy, crazy. No, no. Being a busybody, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm a busybody. I like, I like to be active. I like to do lots of stuff. So yeah, I can definitely relate. And um, so, what level did you get to? And did you start at that level, or Mm-mm. did you work? You worked your way up to that level, right? I got promoted four times. Okay. Wow, that's insane. Four, yeah, four times in total. Insane. And I feel like the higher up I got, the more I experienced levels of racism. That I didn't experience when I first started. I loved my job when I first started. The okay. first promotion, mm-hmm. that period, loved it. It's all I ever talk, spoke about. I was Madame That Bank. Um, and then it's like, and it wasn't necessarily the bank. I got it from clients. I got it from, I remember like one of my colleagues. Clients. Clients. The client in particular, this guy made my life hell. He, um, he never actually met me at first. I dealt with his CFO. And then one day he wanted to meet me. So we met and he opened the door and he was like, oh, I wasn't expecting you to look like that. He like, said that. That's not even the worst part. I said, like, like what? Um, and he said, oh, don't worry. He sat down. 
this is like a, I think he was like 70 year old white man at the time, sat down about five minutes into the conversation. He was like, sorry, where are you from? Like originally I said Nigeria. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry you're from there. And I was like, what? I remember looking around the room. I was so confused. I said, excuse me. You know, I said, oh, you know, I've heard there's a lot of corruption there. I hope you're not going to 417 my account. And I remember I just said, firstly, it's 419. If you're going to use the terminology, use terminology correctly. It is not 417. And secondly, how dare you say that to me? And then he then proceeded to say, oh, but you know, you're a lady. You know, I'd stay in your lane. Who's <laughs> fault? This guy is an absolute dickhead. And the thing is, I didn't even know, because at this point I just got promoted. So I still wasn't sure what I can and can't do. Mm. So I then, I then, I think I reported it. Nothing really happened. Like they gave him a warning. He was still my client up until I left. I mean, he's a client. What you give it a client a warning? Oh yeah, we're going to stop banking you. Yeah, somebody else will take him. We don't um, want to lose your money. That's what it was. And that's all it is, money in it. Client, he was not going anywhere. Some like remember like my MD at the time asked me like what is this what is this income to the bank and I was like so that's what you care about he has come from my gender he's come from my ethnicity like I just need to add that I'm like gay or something and then he come for that too that's the only what else is there to come for there's nothing else this is this is the f- craziest thing I feel like I'll, unless you recorded him and he was exposed then he'll be then they'll be forced to cancel him. They'll be forced because that happened to that NBA owner. Mm-hmm. If they didn't have those recordings on him exposed, he probably would have, he probably would have uh, remained but an NBA owner. Have, so there was another instance. Where okay. I, I actually got this recorded. I got sent to a, like a conference thing in like Wales. I don't know why they, there was a London one, but they sent me to Wales. So I went and it was like a four day conference thing. And it was just, it wasn't just our bank. It was other banks and financial institutions. And after each day, they'd go and have like a drink. I'm not a big drinker, so I will just probably go and swim. So I went swimming. And I think I came out and I was videoing. I was watching Love Island. Yes, I was watching Love Island. And during the break, I was videoing the hotel. And I'll never forget this woman. She was an MD of a financial institution. She was talking to an Asian man and a white man. And she was like, oh, she's a bit drunk. Well, she's very drunk. But she said, you know... I had a dream last night that all black people were exterminated. Imagine a world about black people. What an amazing world that would be. That was on camera because I was recording the hotel. So what happened was the Asian man pointed at me as if to say there's a black person there. And she's like, oh no, she's got headphones in. So I took my headphones out and I was like, no, I heard you. What now? She now said, oh no, I didn't mean it like that, love. <laughs> love. <laughs> Who is your love? And... I think I posted it on social media and I remember it went, it was very, it was, it went everywhere. And my bank, um, basically came back to me off of social media as opposed to coming to me directly, even though they knew about it, they came through social media and you know, it was taken up and all this again, nothing really happened. Six months later, the whole black lives matter thing happened. It was brought up again and they then re-looked into it and found out that if they had reported it, the person in question could have been prosecuted. But because it was outside of the, I think it's like four month time frame, nothing happened. This is an MD of a financial institution. So if you are somebody that is using, do you know what exterminate means? For you to say you wish a whole race was exterminated, like I'm pretty sure I still have the recording somewhere on my phone. Um and nothing happened. That is little things that I just crazy. felt like 
I'm not supported. So. Yeah, how can you be? Like, and do you know what's so wild, right? We talk about like, um, you know, gaslighting. We talk about like indirect racism. Mm -hmm. But you actually experienced direct overt racism and they did nothing. And I think it's I think it's a shame to 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 be honest that you experienced that and you did get the support. I mean, honestly, I probably would have gone the first time. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I would have if I experienced you see the thing about me, right? Like I'm chilled, I'm cool, but I have a line. Don't mm. don't cross the line. <laughs> and for me, that's crossing, mm. that's too much. Like I'm out. Like, do you know what I'm saying? So how, how did you feel at the time? Because obviously it's horrible. That's It's horrible to experience both of, you know, both of those situations. But how did you feel? Like, were you, of course, I'd imagine you were upset at the time. But yeah, how did you sort of deal with it and overcome it? It's weird because at that point, like, and I know this is going to sound so rubbish, but I was used to it. Like, because yeah. I, I was, remember I told you we were the only black people on the street. Yeah. I had one of my neighbors outrightly ask me, I think she's dead now but i had a neighbor outrightly asked me at night time my mom closes the, when it gets to like dark my mom will close the window she doesn't want everyone to be seeing me use the bathroom or whatever and we were walking past my house and my neighbor was like why do you always close your curtains are you, you going weed in there and she also proceeded to ask me she said oh she said that um you know her granddad warned her about this area that telling her to move out because a lot of people like me would be moving in but I was quite naive then. So I thought she meant young people. I didn't know she meant black people. So at that point, I was relatively used to it. And I remember like, even there was a time that I went to head office. I had a meeting in head office and I used to drive to work and I was late because I got stopped by police, just random search. And when I was trying to explain to my my boss's boss at the time that I'd, I got stopped, that's the reason I was late for me. And she was like, oh, like, you know, um, what car do you drive? And I told her, she's like, oh, maybe it's the car. I said, no, it's not the car because there are about four or five cars in my area that are exactly the same. It's the person that is inside the car that is the problem. And at that point, so at that point, I just thought, oh, do you know what? Like there are bigger issues, in, not bigger issues in the world, but there are other things that will stress me more. So I started to just let these things go, which is really bad looking back on it now. Yeah. But at that point, I just couldn't be bothered. I couldn't yeah. bother to shout about it because I realized that yeah. shouting doesn't do anything. Yeah. So what am I going to do about it? Am I going to keep shouting? Am I going to be the loud black woman? Am yeah. I going to, I mean, eventually I ran away to Nigeria, but like at the time it was, it was more anger. I wasn't really upset. I don't, I don't think upset was the word. I was just, I mean, one, again, I was, there was a time that we had a meeting and I think I went there with my hair tied up in a bun so it wasn't even like an afro which was in a bun and one of my colleagues said oh your hair's a bit urban for this kind of event what's that mean what 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 does check the dictionary what does urban mean because i don't understand what is urban about my hair again i just yeah because what like me making that amount of noise really realistically yeah what's it gonna do you know what's crazy it's crazy you're saying that because i've i've I f I feel that way and have felt that way so many times. Like, oh, you know why? Why speaking up? Like, what they're gonna do about it? You know. But I think I do. I will say though that I don't think that not speaking up. I, I feel like there is an impact, even if you mm -hmm. think it's small. It will. There always is an impact, mm -hmm. even though I know it shouldn't be. It's it's not. It shouldn't be on us to do it because at the end of the day, it's the people who are perpetuating this stuff that should really be the ones 
pushing, you know, be actually trying to change themselves or mm-hmm. educate themselves um, on it. And why, 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 why are you racist? You should really, you know, you should really educate yourself as to how, why you dislike somebody because it's going to cut. It's is an illness that you should really get get looked at. But yeah, so I do understand definitely like why you'd get tired. I've had I've had those times definitely, but I think you know I think definitely she's still putting the work. Hundred percent, hundred percent. No matter how small. It is, I think, you know, all of these things together will, you know, and we saw with George George Floyd that that definitely had it and it had an impact. And I, I feel like it wasn't just that one thing, it was everything mm-hmm. that happened before, all the little ones that happened before that, you know, created that. But yeah, you've you've had some terrible <laughs> experiences. Oh my gosh, wow. I mean that mindset has changed. Like I'm a bit yeah. louder now. But at yeah. that point at that point in time, I was still like, I'm still new to my career. And you know another thing? Yeah. For me, it was better than Saudi. Yeah, okay. That's so for crazy. For me, it was like, of the two evils, Yeah, it's an evil I confirm. Yeah. That evil I couldn't. Yeah. That's another thing that like yeah. got me not saying anything. Yeah. But like now I'm a bit more loud. But like I did certain things I wouldn't take, but then. Yeah, and I think, I think this is, you know, for black people, you know, and again, my podcast is not really about racism or anything like that. But I think as well, you know, our experience is definitely unique. You know, when we get to the top, knowing that we've had to work really hard mm. compared to our counterparts to get there and not just working hard, the stuff that we have to deal with, as as Aisha mentioned, we have to deal with a lot, mm. a lot of stuff. Um, you know, as you've heard, she's had to deal with a crazy <laughs> amount. And um, you're, is that why you're moving to Nigeria? Like, it's what's not, the reason in, for, for, for Nigeria? That's not necessarily the reason. It was just, I feel it was the, it was the tipping point. Okay. Um, Because it just got to a point where I even found out that I was being paid less than some of my white colleagues. Okay. So it got to a point where I just... Just ugh, everything. I just thought, let me just take a break. So in all honesty, the reason I went there was because of COVID. Because I was trying to escape COVID. <laughs> yeah and um i was off work because i had a major operation so i was quite ill so went there to just chill and then i started to so okay my first opportunity in nigeria was so random i was in a salon and obviously because of basketball i know a lot about food and nutrition and like weight loss and whatever and this woman was saying how you know when she's hungry she might order vapianos there's no vapianos in nigeria what she used to pay six hundred pounds for Virgin to send the Vapianos to Nigeria, of which the food would be cold. They used to do a similar thing for for Domino's before Domino's was in Nigeria. Anyway, this is so weird. Okay, she, you know, like her 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 husband's a politician. Like the money's probably yeah. stolen. Like so, you know, when you have more money than sense, she was one of those people. And we were talking, and I was just like, "Why don't you just try? It? You have you actually have a chef. Mm. Why don't you just try this instead of this, and this instead of this?" And she's like, "Oh, how much?" I was like, for what? She's like, for the for the pictures. So I said as a joke, 200K, which at the time was like nearly 400 pounds. She wired me that money there and then. And now I do like meal plans for her and her friends. What? <laughs> and I remember thinking this would not. I was even in the Telegraph because of this. Because I like there was that wouldn't happen in the UK. Yeah. But just because I and I say it all the time, I'm not a nutritionist. They don't care. My experience shows, and obviously I've shown my my weight change, and that wasn't I wasn't allowed to gym because of my leg, so that was all eating. And I was in Nigeria when I was doing it, so if I can do it, and yes, and I oh I also do that on the side. I forgot about that. Um, so yeah, that came about, and then I started like mingling with people 
in senior positions. I again, I have family members that are in senior positions in banks. So I just thought, okay, what a great opp- like opportunity to utilize it. I've spoken to the CEO about five different banks, and I have their numbers on my phone. There is no how I would have that in the UK. Yeah, but I have in Nigeria. So why don't I just use that opportunity? Um, and then yeah, that's kind of where it came from. And then I think my bank at the time. The, start, the last straw for me at that point was I went to Nigeria on holiday. They knew I was on holiday and they asked me to jump on a call. And I was like, but like, I'm, in, I'm on holiday. Like I haven't even, I haven't sorted out Wi-Fi or anything. And they were like, please, like they need diversity because everyone on the panel is essentially a white man. So I was like, okay, cool. Went on the panel. And the thing is, because I hadn't patterned Wi-Fi, if, you know, in Nigeria, we don't have 24-7 electricity. So if they take light, the Wi-Fi goes. Obviously, now I have a box that will stay on even if the light goes. But at that point, I didn't. So the light went halfway through me speaking and, you know, obviously it cut out. I got back on the call within like four minutes. And I remember one of the directors saying, look, Aisha, if you can't work properly from Africa, don't work at all. Firstly, you know I'm in Nigeria. I say Nigeria, don't say Africa. I don't amalgamate the whole of Africa. And secondly, I'm on holiday. (laughs) I'm not supposed to be on this call. That was the day that I said, yeah, I'm resigning. Yeah, 100%. They were finished at this point. They actually fully finished. <laughs> they they shouldn't even be begging you at this point. Like the audacity, honestly, that's the kind of stuff that will make me like leave a bank. Mm. Like you need to really check your employees. Like what is going on? <laughs> and um, what were you? What's the plans for Nigeria? Have you got a role there now? Um, so I still work for a fintech here. Yeah. Um, which is UK based, but it's a remote role, so I can work from anywhere. Okay. That's just to to not all my income is in Naira. Yeah. Um, obviously I'm trying to buy more properties. No, I'm trying to rent more properties in Nigeria because initially I was going to buy, but the exchange rate is just ridiculous at the moment. So it doesn't make sense for me to spend pounds to buy and receive in Naira. So I'm going to rent properties there. And obviously in Nigeria, you don't rent monthly, you rent annually. So I can rent for like two years. Yeah. And then guess, give that to people through airbnb or people that i know so a lot of people when they come to nigeria they're like oh they want to stay like where should they stay they can then stay in those places so that's one side i'm still doing the venture partner stuff and i'm trying to i guess focus on building um the hustle table okay i love that yeah. and you also got featured in yahoo uh, what's it what was it oh, power yes, 100 fin 100 yeah was it called? top uh, the title was so long it's like top 100 heroes inspirational women Wow. How how did that come about? What that was. So I got nominated. Okay. And I got this random like I I heard about it because it was such a big thing at my bank. Yeah. And it was it my boss that messaged me saying, Oh Aisha, did you get this email? And I was like, For what? I think I didn't even look at the email initially. And then um yeah, I got nominated by a few people. Then they asked me to send like a bio, I guess, on myself. I sent the bio. They were like, yeah, you've been selected. Wow. I was like, really? So, um, and, but the only thing is, is during COVID, so normally they have like a whole, like an award ceremony and stuff, but that didn't happen. Um, so I was just on the website for a year. Yeah. Yeah. That's, wow. I literally got randomly nominated. Like I don't even, till now I don't actually know. How <laughs> that the happened. nominations came from. I mean, you got recognized for your hard work. So it's, it's, so. it's good. Um, so how high in the bank did you get to? You said business director, right? Yeah. So you were actually a director. Yeah. Madness. That's crazy. Um, but in wow. so there's the way banking works is you there's level one to four, 
And then you get like the AVP, VP, D, MD. So you was one below MD? No, so uh, it's very weird. Yeah. Because in corporate banking, corporate banking and business banking are different. In corporate, it'd be equivalent to VP. Does that make sense? Yeah. But like in business banking, it was D. It's very. Okay, I get it. In comparison to like other banks, it would be VP. Okay. Wow, still quite high though. Yeah, still well, quite I high. I feel like if I was in Nigeria, I'd be like, yeah. MD. Is that is that why you're going to Nigeria? You want to get an MD? Yeah, ah, I love that. I, I want my own that. bank. <laughs> Look, I ain't gonna <laughs> say. I'll definitely support that. Um, what tips do you have for someone trying to excel in their career? Because obviously, you've you've you know you've overcome a lot. You've gone up quite high, and yeah, you're on the next stage of your journey. So, what tips would you have for somebody if they wanted to? get to the top of their career or somewhere near the top one play the, if you're in the uk play the game okay what's that game was, called and what is the game uh, you like things like going for drinks and stuff yeah i hate i don't it. yeah i'm not on that going anymore. for drinks yeah. when you're starting your career you need to do those things because you need yeah. to be in the faces of the people that are going to push you that means finding your sponsor, not necessarily finding your mentor. Mentors are great. Don't get interested. I have mentors. But your sponsor is the person that's going to be speaking about you when you're not in the room. And those people you tend to find outside of work, like as in when you go for drinks and those kind of things. I didn't play that game initially at all. And I feel like that. So my first promotion was my longest time not being promoted. And I feel like it's because I didn't play the game as I started to get promoted and play the game a bit more and mingling with the senior people, mingling with the people that I wanted their jobs, essentially, I started getting promoted a bit more. So I was being recognized. One. Two, don't be scared to, don't be scared to like say no. Cause I feel like, again, when I started my career, I was very like, I was a yes person. I said yes to everything. But the problem with that is I then became overwhelmed and wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. Again, it comes, it comes with confidence. So the more senior I got, the better, the easier it was for me to say, no, I'm not doing that. Or I'm not doing this. Um, so for me, learning to say no at an, like an early age is a big thing. And I feel like, honestly, what's the worst thing that can happen? If you, if you want to, so I have a, a partner that like does the hustle table with me. For, like this girl has literally built a job in her job like to the extent that her full-time role now is what she built she's the head of what she built wow in the bank so and that was her trying to solve a problem for for black people she tried to solve a problem for black people created a whole program and now that's what she does so what's the worst and i remember like when she first started speaking to me about it it seemed like the most ridiculous thing but now it's running by itself what is the worst that can happen? Yeah. If you don't like something and you don't feel like you can find a seat at that table, create your own. And that's literally what she did. She created okay. her own. That's a lot the of reason for the hustle table. I love basically. It. So, Sick. And a lot of these corporations, they have the money yeah. and the space for it. You just need to push. Yeah. Whereas I did, a, I took a different route. Obviously I ran away, but yeah, there are people that are Diff- You got a different route. You got a different vision and there's mm. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's, 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 um, Love that. Love those tips. And what, what, what have you got planned next for yourself? Um. So as much as I'm sitting here saying, yeah, I want to be in Nigeria 24-7, um, I'm going to be back and forth okay. just because healthcare in Nigeria is atrocious. Um, I'm going to be back and forth. But long term, I actually, when I was saying I want my own bank, I wasn't joking. 
<laughs> I want my own bank. Are you going to build one up from the scratch? Or are you just going to lead um, another bank? So I have already? people that have built banks. Okay. That are very close to me. Okay. That, that you just take over from. Yeah. Or okay. we can do another one together. So I've, I've like I've been like a fintech type thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I have friends who like have started financial s- companies, whether that's within crypto, the crypto space, for okay. example. Um, trying to work with some of them, so I can get the experience and yes, have my own bank. That's the longer, longer term goal. But that's okay. Wow. That's not that many times. I am looking forward to this. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's my longer term goal. And I think for me, it's just. I want to be in a position where I'm not really tied down to anything. I'm not tied down to a job, a salary. I'm not tied down to a company. I'm not making a, a shareholder richer. Like I want it to be for me. And another thing is for my people. So another thing I, I started to find is I could do the exact same job I was doing here, but I'd be way more passionate about it if I was doing it there because I know I'm doing it with people that, they're, my, they're people that I can relate to. They're like my brothers and sisters. And I have anything I can do to help them. And I feel like, that country specifically needs help financially i'm happy to do yeah but i realized that it's not it's not necessarily the job that i hated it was more the people i didn't not that i hate but like i didn't care mm. i care more if i'm doing it in a place that i understand or yeah. a place that so yeah, they're my like longer term goals um the hustle table obviously like we've released well it hasn't released yet but there's a show we're releasing a show okay. soon looking forward educating to people on um not just careers and finance. Just, yeah, careers and finance is the two main topics because I just feel like there is a big gap. Massive. A huge gap. And again, like there was a time that I was, when I was coaching basketball, one of my students um, broke his leg and he was crying profusely. And I thought it was because of the pain, but he kept saying, oh, like, miss, I can't sing, I can't sing. And I was like, what What, what has that got to do with the price of fish? Like, And it wasn't until later that he explained to me that every black person that he sees that's successful is either in music industry or sports and he's broken his leg. So he feels like he can't play sports anymore and he can't sing. So he can't do anything. And I remember I cried that day. I I don't cry for everything, but that made me cry because mm. I was just like, this is a 12 year old child who genuinely believes that he cannot do anything without like it being one of those two. And this is, again, I've had kids say to me, Oh, like miss you're doing well for black women. What does that mean? Why don't you just say, when I see some of the levels of wealth, in Nigeria, yeah. Like the life I live in Nigeria is not the life I live here. I come back here and I feel like I'm a nobody <laughs> in comparison to there. Like there is wealth there. It's just, it's not equally distributed. There's a huge lack of education, huge lack of education. And again, I think I've taken it for granted because I've always been in, yeah. I've always known numbers. I've always been in bank. I've always had family members in bank. Huge lack of education. So if I can help one person, two people, a hundred people, thousand people, and people that I can relate to, I'm happy. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that is, yeah, I think I think it's very important to understand your why and you clearly know why you're doing what you're doing. And I agree. I do this for my people as well. Do you know what I mean? Oh. I think I'm more passionate about that than than anything. And I think I, I definitely get where you're where you're where you're saying about that. Where where can people find you? They want um, to follow you, follow the hustle table. So the hustle table is literally the the hustle table on everything tiktok instagram linkedin what else is there twitter but we don't use twitter but it's there um my personal instagram what is my personal instagram a a y s h a dot 
A M I R A. That might be wrong, but I think it's right. Um, we'll put it in, we'll put it in the description. <laughs> Don't worry, it definitely be in the description for sure. If you forgot, if you've forgotten your yeah, personal, that's Instagram. my personal because I've been using the hustle table so much recently. I've, I don't use mine as much. Um, but yeah, it's the hustle table that is like I'm trying to push it out there because yeah. I just feel like, and again, because I'm I'm a, I'm a board member of my uni. Okay, wow. So I have access to I forgot about that. I'm a board member of my uni, so I've got access to like those students. Um, so that was another thing that pushed me when I used to yeah. do talks for them. I realized that you're studying like accounting and you still know nothing about money. So yeah, I just wanted to help. That's how, that's another reason why I started. Okay. Wow. That's epic. And do you have any final words for the listeners? Um, do I have any final words? I mean, advice wise, I just, I just feel like, do you know what? In this life, life is short. And I've realized that life is actually short. Like I've lost a few people in the past couple of years, not necessarily COVID for different reasons, there is nothing stopping you from chasing your dreams. I'm also talking to myself here, but there is literally nothing stopping you. You have the pen to your life. Write it. No one's going to write it for you. I love that. You have the pen <laughs> to your life. So write it. That's a bar though. Mad. That's crazy. That wow. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> that is crazy. No, thank you so much. Um, your story has been wow one of you know tough times you you've been through some very tough times but you've always you know come through it yeah. shining and you've just continued to go upwards and I think that's you know what that's very inspiring for 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 a lot of people because um you know hopefully the the person that you, that you said that broke their leg the 12 year old hopefully these sort of stories inspire them because there's so many people mm -hmm. like that that feel like they can't get to a certain place because maybe they may be physically talented in something mm -hmm. else and they don't think that they can do anything else. But in this life, like you said, you can pretty much achieve anything you want to, mm -hmm. of course, within reason, right? And I and I definitely believe it. And I feel like your story from, you know, locking the teacher to, to where you are now is no, no. I apologize it's, to that teacher though. After look, that 10 years, we, 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 we all make mistakes and we all grow, right? We all always have to continue growing. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Like it, it happens, <laughs> right? Night. Huh? I locked him overnight. Oh, okay. That was bad. <laughs> That's bad. They, I'm sure that they forgive you. I'm sure that they forgive you. Oh my God, this is crazy. Um, yeah, so no, your, your story is really, really inspiring. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, definitely appreciate you taking the time um, to just share share it, be vulnerable, tell us everything about it. No, it's, 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 always, no, it's always great. It's always great because I think that it's a reality, right? Yeah. Of our journey. And I think that you know, being honest about it, people can prepare themselves and not only prepare themselves, the world can change hopefully by listening to these stories. Actually, it shouldn't be like that. Mm -hmm. Why should a black person have to go through that? And I agree, they shouldn't have to mm -hmm. go through this. So if anybody's listening that can make changes, please do. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, thanks so much watchers and listeners to uh, for listening, watching uh, this episode of Take Up Experience. And yeah, we'll, we'll see you next week's episode.